0: If you enjoy stories of the paranormal or supernatural, chances are you had a story that sparked your interest. Bigfoot, Area 51, or possibly your own local folklore may have opened your eyes to fantastical circumstances outside of the normal and everyday. But how exactly did these strange tales become the topic of actual research and awareness? For this, we can largely thank one man. Making Unexplained Phenomenon his life's work, he discounted nothing and everything at the same time. Exploring topics never before discussed, such as UFOs, spontaneous combustion, and even poltergeist activity, he outraged some and inspired millions.
1: Charles Fort, commonly regarded as the father of paranormal studies, started a trend that would echo through the years. Through compilation, skepticism, and a knack for finding the blatantly weird, Fort would form the world of paranormal research as we know it, even if through methods and means not in line with how many perceive it today. Join us this week on the Supernatural Tendencies podcast, where we'll discuss the life and times of this key figure in paranormal research history. I'm Alex. I'm Christy. And this is Episode 5, Charles Fort, the Father of Paranormal Research.
0: Born in Albany, New York, to a prosperous yet abusive life, Fort quickly learned to question authority. At the age of 18, he left home to travel and, as he put it, put some capital in the bank of experience. After contracting malaria while in South America, Fort returned and married Anna Filing, who was either his nurse or childhood friend. Reports are a bit conflicting and his life was pretty uneventful until 1916. After receiving an inheritance from his uncle, Fort was now able to do what he loved most on a full-time basis, and that was to write and research strange and unexplained phenomenon and events.
1: Fort already had a modest following due to his novels and short stories, but it was the release of his book, The Book of the Damned, in 1919 that truly brought paranormal discussion and research into the forefront of society. The title stems from the idea of damned data, that is, data that has been deemed not worthy of any more speculation by scientists. This would lead into Fort's overarching idea for the work, an overall thought in life actually, that scientists only tried to believe in popular lines of thinking, and not in any contrary notions. While allowing possible suggestions as a whole for his listed phenomenon, Fort would ultimately only compile such stories, not necessarily for validity of support, but mainly to keep his inquiries going for such ideas. This blatant disregard for the scientific method would lead Fort to be later regarded as a quote-unquote crank, only publishing and pushing such stories with very little reasonable backing to stir the pot of scientific inquiry.
0: Having a prejudice of scientists and a predilection of mockery for them, Fort would spend the majority of his life in libraries, collecting stories that were on the line of scientifically explainable and the absurd. Science, to Fort, was full of pretentious people who sought to steal the wonder from the world, even when their own research couldn't prove otherwise. He fancied himself a true skeptic, regarding every event he came upon with an open mind, neither believing or disbelieving anything was possible. Not long after his first book, more would come. New Lands in 1923, Low in 1931, and Wild Talents in 1932 would cover happenings from ghosts to UFOs, and even include stories that would be referred to by a term that Fort himself would devise—teleportation. His last book, Wild Talents, is of particular modern interest. Worked on continuously for the years leading up to his death, even being released posthumously, it features tales of governmental paranormal projects to fight wars—something truly out of a Marvel movie—
1: Although Fort may have been serious about not taking things seriously, two other writers at the time would help carry on Fort's legacy. Theodore Dreiser, who aided in getting Fort's material published, and Tiffany Thayer, a close admirer of Fort's, would go on to form the Fortian Society a year before Fort's death in 1932, against his wishes. The group would continue on with Fort's ideals of the possibilities of outlandish stories having validity. The Fordians would even recruit among its ranks such people as Frank Lloyd Wright and Buckminster Fuller, among many others. In 1932, Charles Fort would die, most likely from leukemia. I use the phrase most likely since Fort also held a mistrust of doctors, leading him not to visit any for ailments. On May 3rd of that year, Fort would be hurried to the Royal Hospital in the Bronx in New York City. His publisher personally came to show him the first copies of Wild Talents hours before his death. He was buried in the Fort family plot in Albany, and more than 60,000 notes of his would be donated to the New York Public Library. The almost cult-like following he had amassed in life would not stop at just the Fortian Society, though. A few other mediums would also take his namesake.
0: The work of Charles Fort would not only resonate through the generations after, just in the form of paranormal and scientific skepticism that he would write, but also in other print forms as well. The Fortean Times, a magazine that's devoted to the strange tales and satire that Fort himself was invested in, was first printed at the beckoning of Bob Rickard. Rickard was studying product design at Birmingham Art College in the 1970s, when his love of science fiction would lead from his work on another magazine called The News, to conversations with Paul and Ronald Willis. The brothers were in possession of material from the original Fortean Society, now stagnant since the death of Tiffany Thayer in 1959. While his current project, The News, did focus on stories much like those of Charles Fort, Rickard played a large role in convincing the Willis brothers of continuing Fort's work more extensively through the news. But Fort's influence would prove more inspirational than just the conveyance of tales when the news would change its name to the Fortian Times in 1976.
1: Media aside, Charles Fort would even lend his hand to some of the terminology of the genre. The terms Fortian and Fortiana are commonly used to describe incidents and stories along the lines of those Charles Fort worked on so diligently. To compile. While it may distress some listeners to hear, Charles Fort would describe his own work as a blend of mocking humor, penetrating insight, and calculated outrageousness. But this patented blend would have far reaching implications in the world of the paranormal. Fort would release the floodgates of skepticism for everything surrounding the surreal and fantastical. Sure, skepticism, but also interest. Interest that doesn't seem to be fading, but growing stronger with every passing decade. As a footnote, an interesting quote from Fort himself makes one wonder if his rantings weren't in fact stemming from some sort of universal knowledge.
0: To quote Fort, the notion is that there is something aloft, a place of origin of life relatively to this earth. Whether it's the planet Genesestrine or the moon, or a vast amorphous region superjacent to this earth, or an island in the super Sargasso Sea should perhaps be left to the researches of other super or extra geographers. That first unicellular organisms may have come here from genesestrine, or that men or anthropomorphic beings may have come here before amoeba. That, upon genesestrine there may have been an evolution expressible in conventional biologic terms, but that evolution upon this earth has been like evolution in modern Japan, induced by external influences. That evolution, as a whole, upon this earth, has been a process of population by immigration or by bombardment.
1: Could Ford have been a receiver of extraterrestrial knowledge, or was he just a man whose ideas came from a vivid imagination? For a man who so despised science, he would appreciate the fact that many of his so-called wacky concepts are now the subject of worldwide investigation and research. I'm getting over my head cold. I had a head last week. Every time I get head cold, I get those nasty nosebleeds. Oh, yeah, that just, I just like leak like a sieve everywhere. It's
0: disgusting. I'm sorry, I
1: can't help it. It's just what happens in the head cold. Like I, I know, sneeze and but... blow my nose so much, I just bust bust vessels or something.
0: Nobody wants to hear about that. Oh,
1: I'm sorry, but it happened. I just I was doing really good for like three days, and then last night, and went, literally went to get in the shower, which is kind of I, ir- you know, just irony in itself. But instant nosebleed. But now I'm gonna bleed all over the white shower, so I had to take care of it. So I had to sit for an extra like half hour to get it to stop before I went in wow. the shower. it's stupid.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So today, anyway, we have uh, Charles Fort.
0: On that depressing note.
1: <laughs> but hey, we're moving on to a better note than Charles
0: Fort. I love this story. I I know it's not like outwardly, you know, exciting or anything like that. But, you know, you look at where we are, you know, these days with paranormal research and studies and awareness and everything. And really none of that would have been possible if it weren't for the work of Charles Fort, So, you know, I really think that a lot of credit is due here, you know, especially during, you know, look at that time. You know, we're looking at the 30s here. And, well, I think he started out in, I can't remember what year was that, 1916? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, it was late 18,
1: early 1900s.
0: So, really, you know, uh, know, the spirituality movement hadn't really taken full force yet. So, like spiritualism? Yeah.
1: Wasn't that mid 1800s?
0: Not really until, like, I think. What the the mid 30s? I'm
1: gonna call, I'm gonna call your early bluff here. 30s, We're gonna do some ad hoc research. You well, keep you talking, know, I'm not I saying. This. I mean,
0: it, it. You know, you ever notice? It seems like it goes in waves. Like it. You know, you had it. You know, in the in the late uh, 1800s, like you said. But then, you know, yeah, back in the 30s, you know, it made a, it resurfaced. All
1: right. Uh, developed its peak growth and membership from the 1840s 70s? to the 1920s.
0: See, I was gonna say 1870s because I
1: remember but. seeing a lot of those. Uh, uh those the the pictures of like the ectoplasm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Oh the
0: fake, yeah, where they yeah. would like swallow gauze and was, or whatever, like regurgitate it yeah. back up. I thought
1: that was more in like the later eighteen hundreds no, but regardless. No. I know that was a real big fad for a while, yeah. like everybody was especially like with uh what was Harry Houdini's wife's name? Do you remember uh, right offhand?
0: Uh, wasn't it Bess? Bess Possibly. Houdini? Possibly, yeah, I think yeah. so.
1: Really really delved into that after cause he kind of didn't he come up with something before he died about some some password.
0: Um. Yeah. Well, you know, he he is was a known debunker. I mean, like he uh, mm-hmm, he yeah. was very close with his mother and everything. And then when she passed away, he you know was so desperate he missed her so much that he went to mediums to try and communicate with her. Mm. And you know, everyone that he went to was you know a fake. So he like you know it, it really made him mad, understandably. Yeah. And so he just made it his mission that he was going to expose anyone who was faking um you know this type of activity so yeah i know him and his wife had and i don't know what the actual phrase was but they had a phrase uh, just that only the two of them knew so that you know and they had this pact that whoever passed on of the two of them you know whoever passed on first um that the other would try to communicate using séances or what have you yeah and that they would know that it was um really them if they could repeat this phrase. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure actually what I don't think they ever did release what the phrase was. And I think it was like uh what was it like 10 years after his death she did it every year. Yep. on his birthday I I believe it was. And the last one was at the uh I think it was the Waldorf Waldorf Astoria hotel is where she did it held the séance. Yeah. And it was on that 10th year.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah,
0: Yeah, when uh you know, she did not make contact, that she said she would try no more mm-hmm. or something like that. It's so sad.
1: Yep. I'm just looking up now just to double check that. I didn't find what we were initially, what I was initially going for. But I did find that um, in 2007, I did not know this, but there was a uh, proposed uh, exhumation of his body. What? of? Uh, it says on March 22nd, 2007, Houdini's grandnephew, the grandson of his brother Theo, George Hardine, Announced the, to the courts that he would allow the exhumation of uh, Houdini's body to investigate the possibility of Houdini being murdered by spiritualists.
0: Uh, see, now I have heard that before, yeah.
1: As suggested in the biography, uh, The Secret Life of Houdini.
0: I don't think you, I mean, just my opinion. I interesting. don't.
1: Interesting. You know, I
0: mean, it could be, but.
1: Still interesting, though. You know,
0: well, yeah, yeah. With with, with the signs and symptoms that he had, mm-hmm. you know, before his death, I. Anyway. Who knows, though? Who knows, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean none of that would really be a uh, sp- yeah spoken of at least with uh with any amount of weight if it weren't for Charles Ford, so yeah, and I agree with you too. I was kind of excited to do Charles fort um if not for for a segue into a possible idea I have of having maybe like a little segment I don't know if I'm gonna make it a separate show like a midweek show um or something at the end of each episode uh I haven't really come up with a name for it yet like maybe a. 40 a 40 in corner or something
0: i like that 40 in
1: corner or something yeah something like that where i come up with a store a 40 in story and kind of tell a quick story about it and just uh i love those little tidbits i love ripley's believe it or not oh yeah so i love the little tidbits and stuff and 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 charles fort like that's what he did like this was the serious stuff that he kind of did but of course i say serious stuff and he was all about satire and kind of mockery but regardless like those are the interesting stories i mean he he
0: i love that i love that he didn't take himself too serious yeah you know and And I wonder, too, was that just his personality? Was that the way he really was, or did he just come off that way, you know, because of the times and because you didn't really talk about this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, was he kind of mocking himself in just so that, you know, like, haha, I'm not really serious. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but well, he was pretty fervent about not trusting scientists, and then even more so with the doctors, yeah, not visiting doctors because he mistrusts the doctors as well. So I mean,
0: You know, and and I do go along with that because, you know, look, we 2019 now and we have that even today, you know, how he talks about how science is uh, so rooted in their beliefs that they don't want to hear anything contrary to to that notion. Mm -hmm. And I think even, you know, of course, we've made advances. Well, somewhat, um, you know, from this time, I think we still even run into roadblocks, you know, with with that even still today.
1: Yeah. Uh, I did bring up though, um, if anybody would be interested in any of Charles Fort's writings, uh, a quick search on Amazon has that you can get the complete writings of Charles Fort, which is all oh. all the uh, books that we had mentioned in this podcast: the uh, Book of the Damned, New Lands, Low, and Wild Talents, all in one paperback.
0: I was going to ask, have you read any of those? No, I haven't. I haven't either.
1: No, um, I w- n- now looking at these prices too because I think I had done it when my I found it with my initial research on this podcast, but um, between the time I do the research and the time we record um i'm not paying for two-day shipping because i don't I, I i order from amazon so sporadically i can't justify paying it all that much um every month for it when i only do it every now and then so it'd take too long yeah to get to get whatever i ordered in this case it'd be charles fort's books but i want i do want to get it especially now seeing that you can get all of them in one paperback um one for example is 1795 oh, i assume that's not bad yeah i assume with tax and then another one was 2807 looks like it might have some more interesting artwork in it
0: I would really like to check those books out.
1: Yeah, I know you can also get them as individual books. You don't have to get the complete works. And if you do get them individually, I wonder if they would have uh, different uh, different excerpts specifically for that book in it that oh, you good. may not have yeah. access to if you get the complete works.
0: Could that could be?
1: I like doing that, especially with music. But with books, it happens a lot too. Like with music, like you get like a bonus track yeah. or something if you get like a special edition. Don't get me wrong; I'm not spending like. for a box set, I mean, I would love to, but I'm not, I can't bring myself to do that. No. But it is awesome when you have that availability, at least with some of these books, it looks like if you wanted like a little more information, because it seems very uh, available still, all of his works. So just don't think that since it was written in the early 1900s to 1930s, that that it's not available. It most certainly is. Um, And thank you to all these publishing companies for still printing the stuff yeah. because it's it's great
0: that's history yeah that
1: is history of yeah. course if you are a little more inclined on the internet i'm sure you can get, you can look some stuff up besides purchasing please please support absolutely. others absolutely buy the books even if it's in uh the ebook form which i'm definitely not into um do whatever you do but you know hey support if you everybody. don't these
0: things will disappear and then they they won't be yeah uh, available 28,
1: 28 bucks plus tax
0: come for all, all of his yeah. books that's a
1: great deal yeah so,
0: come on now
1: so if you're interested in that go ahead and do it uh the other side of the coin for this uh i just brought it to your attention it would be the 40 and times magazine it's actually still published in england um well i should say england because i don't see it specifically it's published in the uk um and your first three issues are just a pound and then you pay twenty three nine nine for every six <laughs> issues after that, and you get a free mug.
0: I like how you're trying to sell it. It's just a pound.
1: I I you could
0: but you could say US. that. So if you are a UK <laughs> listener and you do not
1: have the forty in times, please take advantage of it because us in the United States right now, after looking it up, they have a special section for the US people. Um, let's see, overseas subscriptions. I'm clicking into it now. Um, is eighty nine dollars for twelve issues. Wow. For the United States,
0: yeah, but it, you know, like we were saying, it is expensive to send.
1: Yeah, if you're anything not
0: anything overseas, that's that,
1: no, that and that's probably I would assume that's the majority of it. But just to give any of our UK listeners an idea of how little bit excessive that is, how much would you say a normal subscription to a ma- magazine was
0: here in the US? Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, you can ten to twenty dollars a year.
1: I was thinking I had uh I I was how long ago was it? If like that eight years ago I was getting the archaeology. Archaeology magazine.
0: Yeah.
1: um, And I think that was 30.
0: Oh, was it really that much? Huh?
1: It was a little expensive. Uh, But now that I'm, now I'm one, I think it was only eight issues.
0: Yeah. For 30 bucks.
1: Versus 12. Versus 12. But still, I mean, whew, that's a lot to dig out. So, any U.S. listeners, if you want to dole out ninety dollars a month, go ahead. Uh, but if you are a U.K. listener, please support that, because <laughs> I got no other way to justify spending ninety dollars for it. Yeah. My wife would kill me. So
0: <laughs> my wife would kill me.
1: I would not be around long enough to get a second subscription. So, please take advantage of that if you're anywhere in the area. Help support the Forty and Times. Um, it's a fantastic uh, continuance of Charles Fort's work with the with the satire with along with the stories of interest yeah. interesting things i see on their site right now as of what is today the 24th of august 25th, 25th of august i'm losing days here i don't even know um on there it has the rise of rise of the robots that's pretty interesting we had a, yeah. I had a discussion about that the other day with uh someone at work about the uncanny valley have you ever heard of that uh-uh. the uncanny valley um we're kind of delving off topic here but it's something we're to talk about uh the idea of the uncanny valley and i hope i explain it Correctly, but to get you to understand, right? If you can imagine like kind of like a graph of how you could measure how realistic like a robot is, mm-hmm. right? Um if you like imagine like the nineteen fifties robots, oh, the idea yeah. of it, how they're like blocky, Lost meh, in meh, space. Meh, right? And as we go through time they get more and more and more Human, realistic yeah. to where it's like yep it's awesome and wonderful and wonderful and then at it's some creepy
0: i find it creepy
1: and this is the idea and at some point it becomes so realistic that the graph drops straight down to being so real that it's mistrusted
0: like now i think we're in that now
1: that well, that's that's the idea
0: yeah look at that i think it's that Sophia. yeah robot do you know what i'm talking no, about in no, argentina she's uh, uh i mean she looks real yeah and you know she talks and everything else she thinks yeah and the more she converses with people the smarter she gets oh interesting and so argentina actually gave her citizenship oh wow yeah so now there's this whole big thing among countries talking about okay the more like you say the more sophisticated these robots are you know we have to think about this now that they are going to uh Keep getting smarter and smarter and, and mm-hmm. that they deserve like their own citizenship. That's 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 yeah. crazy. They yeah. deserve their own rights. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. that's not. And, nah.
1: and carrying through the uncanny valley, you come out of the uncanny valley with the point that you don't know it's a robot because it looks so exactly. real. So that's where you start to trust it again, if only because you don't know. Yeah. So the uncanny valley is when and you get, apparently this can happen, not just with robots, like if there's a sculpture that looks real enough yeah um, a picture that looks real enough, it gets to the point where it looks real and real and real and then so real that it becomes unsettling you know what I'm saying yeah so that can happen with anything but uh, you know to be applicable would be with 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 robots so yeah. again off topic
0: Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. I remember what I was gonna say now so you know when I read that whole you know during our our whole describe, you know the first part of, of the podcast here mm-hmm. um when i gave that actual quote from charles fort you know that really makes me think about how what i was talking about earlier when i got off topic and totally forgot what i was talking about there um <laughs> you know about the possibility of aliens um some type of genetic um you know manipulation going on in that quote that's basically what he's saying so here you know you have back in the Um, You know, I'm not it. I don't think it says when he actually made that quote. So sometime between 1916 and, you know, the 1930s, Mm -hmm. um, you know, clearly he was a man ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, because no one talked about that kind of thing back then.
1: Well, what, what are we coming up on? Like maybe Eric von Daniken in the seventies?
0: Kind of,
1: possibly. Well, that's kind of
0: you know more yeah, like justification for the
1: idea as yeah. opposed to the idea itself, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean, look how much von Daniken was attacked and ridiculed, and you know, yeah. told in a way, crazy. in a way, he still kind of is today, but um, but he's, in certain.
1: It's becoming more accepted. It is.
0: But among his followers, um, but, you know, he's just.
1: And I want to put this out there as as the the bad guy skeptic here. Um, if you are trying to follow the path of scientific inquiry and trying to follow the scientific method, because I know that's a big thing today. If you go out for a for some type of you know ghost experimentation or trying to find, you know, apparitions or something like that, you want to try to adhere to that scientific yeah. method as best you can in all of your in all of your tools, in all of your methods yeah. to try to alleviate any possibility of, of it of it being something else and not. Yeah. You know, that's that's the goal, right? Which is hard enough in itself. But regardless, now now that nowadays you have uh I already used the phrase earlier, but the, the two sides of the coin to where you have a lot of people who who want this validity via science. Right. Yeah. But then you will allow yourself to watch shows like ancient aliens, which is so far on the fringe of science that a lot of people will not come on this show. Some people have been on the show that will not be on the show ever again because of how much they take what they say out of context and re-edit and everything else or only pick and choose what the show needs to hear to
0: support whatever to
1: support it. Yeah. So while that show to me, i watched except for the past maybe two or three seasons, I've watched it from the beginning. And I've always found it interesting because I'm always down for new ideas. I'm always down for new theories. But let's be honest and call it for what it is. is So far, it's fringe theory. That's all it is. There's not a whole lot of scientific basis behind it other than this picture from this time period kind of looks like this modern tool or thing. So why couldn't it be that thing? See what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's not there's not a lot of scientific basis behind it, and every time they do have a leave, at least a you know a semblance of scientific basis behind it, they will throw it in. Yeah. But there's not very much. much. So I, I I tell people, please take it with a grain of salt. Do not just go out and blast all this information do your because own you research. because you've memorized so many episodes that yeah. you can repeat. The, the theories over and over again. Yeah, just because you can repeat the theory and you wholeheartedly believe in the theory, does not make it any more valid or it's true. especially when in the next sentence you could say how you trust science and how you trust the scientific theory and how the scientific theory is the only way you can adequately prove any of these things exist, whether it be a cryptid, whether it be uh, an extraterrestrial form or a you know an apparition or a ghost ghostly experience. Um, it's to me, it's, it's really cherry picking. Yeah. And I, I, that's the only real problem I have with that. If you have, if you have the idea and the belief and this speaks to you solely and that's how you want to believe you are no, not really different to some other people in their beliefs who are so blinded by the fact that they feel it so much that it can't it be, be scientifically proven. And then you can look at somebody else with a. And I again, I hesitate to say this with uh, with an equally crazy idea. I'm going to say it, an equally crazy sounding idea. And you say, no, that's just too crazy for me. Yeah. Well, where why is is the, it, yeah. Where, yeah. So you say mine sounds crazy and I know it sounds crazy, but I believe it. But yours sounds crazier than mine. And I have to draw the line somewhere yeah. Well, using that mentality. Why? Yeah. I mean, why can you allow scientific theory to to dictate whether or not you believe something here and not there? And yet that other person's theory is just a little too crazy for you.
0: Yeah. So Where's that's, the line there?
1: That's my that's my biggest thing, and that's what I warn a lot of people against is just be careful. It yeah. just because it's on TV doesn't necessarily mean it's real. I mean, we follow the same trend just because it's on the internet, it's not real, just because it's on TV or radio, it's not real. Back in the day it was it was print. They wouldn't print it if it wasn't true. You know, so well, but
0: they have to sell newspapers and you have
1: to sell time and you have and, to yes, sell TV shows I say so. that all
0: the time about these shows. And it's you know, I'm a fan of ancient aliens. I love the show. Me too. And, you know, I try not to miss let it. Me,
1: let me go back to that one more time that I do enjoy the show. I really do. But when I start finding people who become so fervent yes. and then they get angry because of how fervent they feel about it based on a television show.
0: Uh, well, and, and even, um, you know, I'm not going to name anyone directly. But on some of these shows, uh, you know, and I and I say this in my uh, podcasts and my videos all the time that you know th- these shows are out to sell ratings, right? They they want viewers, so you can't have viewers if you don't. Uh, what's the words I want to use here? You, you know, kind of blow up, blow things out of proportion, or
1: edit, edit, editorialize. Is yeah, that, is that the how? Yeah, that how that you know, goes? and then
0: and then also you get certain people who are. I mean, again, all of this stuff is theory. There is nothing that's written in stone or that's been able to, uh, uh, you know, been proven true. So it's all just theories. But yet you get certain people on here who just insist. um, You know, I know you know who one of them who is, you know, who I'm talking about here. But he will just, oh, there I said he, but (laughs) he, he will just sit there and say, this is how it is. This is what happened. And it's like, You have no way of proving that, you know, I understand that that's what you feel in your heart to be true, or that maybe based on the research that you've done, that's what, you know, the conclusion that you've come to, but that doesn't make it a fact, you know, so there you are on TV, especially when you are preaching it to be fact, and then you get people come along and they watch these shows and that's what they take it as. Yeah. You know, they don't bother to go out and do their own research or just kind of dig in and and see what this story is all about and try to find different um views on on the, you know, whatever story it is to yeah. make, you know, get a broad um you know, see where you know what it could possibly be. Yeah. So that's just something that really drives me crazy. Oh, even, that's what it is.
1: Even if you really? do go do your own research, okay? Unless you have access to to separate files that most people don't. Yes. You're most likely doing it at home, on your personal on your laptop computer. or whatever, right? And already, just from that, you are not the first person doing the research. You're
0: getting a filtered view. You're
1: researching from people who have researched.
0: Exactly. Possibly who
1: have researched themselves on other people who have done research. Yes. So already, we got like, what, five, four or five hands turning on one event, right? So you have... You have to remember, too, that very rarely does a person do something without any goal of gain for themselves. Yes. So whether or not you, you find something that is completely for something or something that's totally against something, somewhere in the middle is probably where we're going to lie. Yeah. And the, that, that's the sole reason why is because of, of personal gain. Do I think that of everybody not necessarily, but usually to a certain extent there's only there's always a little bit of personal gain, yes, and that's not to say that that little bit of personal gain should be held against that person's credibility to the fullest, but there let's be honest, there is a little bit say say tomorrow when we did this we were doing this podcast now, say tomorrow we decide that we want to start making money the best we can, right. This is just a hobby for us for now. Hey, we may we may throw in some sponsors here to maybe get some new new equipment, but say we wanted to make it a full-fledged income, okay? That's going to take a mindset, and now all of you listeners are hearing our research because of us trying to make money. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Again, let's call it for what it is. We're providing entertainment. Yeah. We're providing something for you to listen to throughout your day, throughout your night, maybe uh to help you pass time. Maybe just because you like to talk about this, you like to hear about these to stories. Learn. You like to learn, but regardless, it is a product being sold. Yeah. It's no different from a book, it's no different from a movie being made. This is just the medium that we chose, that we have access to. So, you always have to take people's cons- you always have to consider people's agendas for it, okay? I personally am not here to try to talk you into believing every one of Charles Fort's stories as being exactly oh, what yeah. Charles Fort thought they, they were, was, and continue to be. That's not my goal. My goal is to to convey the information so that you could do your own research.
0: Exactly. We
1: do not delve into things to where we talk about it for six hours on on four different podcasts, uh, episode installments, so you so you could get the full, full on story, all the bases covered. That's not how I, I we have to work full time positions yeah. at other places. If we could devote ourselves to that and we could provide that because we do have we have to have families to feed. We have we have bills to pay for. Uh, I would more than happy to to do that. Uh, but everybody has their own agenda and whether or not it's to put food on the table or to uh, to push an agenda for any one reason. Maybe it's your own personal feelings about the subject. Regardless, people have agendas. And that's and that's the way that's the way of the world. Mm-hmm. So for you to have a fervent idea that you get angry over because of fourth and fifth hand account research that you've done, is to me a little excessive. This is how it is. This is the way it happened. No way around it. Because I've done my research on the internet and I read some dude's a blog post on an Angel Fire website or something, and he knows a guy who knew a guy. his third
0: cousin (laughs) who did it yeah
1: and he's not allowed to say his name i mean that's where we run into a lot of things with this with this kind of genre of story but regardless that's what that's my main shining light with um shows like shows like ancient aliens is do I necessarily believe in the theories? Maybe not. That's to each their own. Am I entertained by them? Of course, because yes. I love hearing theories. But the idea that people are talking about these theories are what makes me most proud. Watch it as much as you can. If you like it, watch it. If you decide to get firm over it, that's up to you. But the idea is that it's being talked about. It's not being shoved under the rug. It's not It's not being run the way of politics, or at least the way politics was where you didn't talk yeah. about it but that's 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 that to me is the best thing and that's that's what we're getting at with our podcast that's what we've gotten from the podcast that we listen to it's something to open up a dialogue
0: and i think that was charles charles Ford's main uh agenda yeah was was getting these topics out there regardless i mean you know and especially even more so uh, then than now um no matter how outlandish or crazy or weird they seemed um just getting them out there and having people discussing them and the possibility that these things were real and what they could possibly be. Yep. Point. So I think Charles Fort would be proud of the podcasts and things like that that are yeah. uh, getting people discussing today. Yeah.
1: Point. point, point uh, case in point would be for the it uh, was the name of his first book, right? The uh, Book of the Damned? Book of the Damned. From the Damned Data, which is uh, the information provided for each of these odd stories that were deemed— um, no longer really viable to go back over by science yeah that
0: scientists thought yeah there's no use in studying this we've looked at it
1: doesn't doesn't look like it's very valuable nope don't need to look at it anymore chuck it yep and that's that that to me is what this podcast is about you know just talking about things and we we have done our best at least so far we're only what five episodes in something so yeah that we want to also want to do the underdogs we want to do the things that That you maybe not have heard of, maybe more local and centralized things because of that idea. You know, everybody, most people, I should say, have heard of the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. But have you heard of the Hodag?
0: I was just thinking that. You know,
1: have you heard of the, uh, I may be giving this away, maybe for a future show, but have you heard of the Lake Erie Monster? Yeah. You know, have you heard of these little ones? And that's what I like, too, is having the dialogue opened up in a for in a Fordian way about all these things. Mm-hmm. And of course we will probably do some of the bigger names and oh, maybe yeah, some just, more in depth and then some not as in depth uh just to whatever the story may
0: necessitate. Yeah. You know, so Or for the people that might, you know, just we, we tend to thank uh um, you know, many of us that have uh, these stories are you know more than familiar to us. You got to remember too, um, you know we've we've researched and explored these topics for years and years and years and years. So there isn't oh, I don't want to say there isn't a whole lot that we haven't heard of, but you know, we are familiar with many, many, many of these cases. But you know how many people out there are just coming in to these topics and so you know for for those people, we do want to, uh research and bring you the more familiar quote familiar topics Mm -hmm. for those people yeah yeah i think we even said it fun too you know
1: i think we even said in the trailer if we actually had that released as of now i don't think we do we'll have to do that officially on on anchor um but uh how we remember i remember the reruns of you know um Leonard Nimoy in search of.
0: Oh, I love those. And then
1: uh, there were multiple versions, multiple flavors of uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. So uh, if you did not have the chance uh, to watch those either when they first aired or any any subsequent reruns, this is what we want to do. You know, we want to bring up these stories again because um, we find them interesting. We love we love doing, you know, discussing things like this. Plus for everybody else who may not have. So if you happen to have a friend that maybe isn't savvy with a lot of the podcast platforms, why don't you take a minute to kind of show them how it works? You know, show them maybe there's some other things too that they like. If they like baseball, there's probably tons of baseball podcasts. So you only be doing them a favor with showing them how um, they already know how to probably work a radio in a car, but everyone had that first time learning or they watched somebody do it. So, you know, if you think you have a friend who likes this stuff and you think they may like uh podcasts in general in the format the way it's presented
0: share it with them
1: yeah get 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 them on Castbox if that's what you use show them how to use it download it on their phone or whatever um the apple podcast show them how to use the apple podcast google play whatever you use show them how to use that show them how to access all these different different the shows because we would be we would be remiss to say that we're the best podcast of the genre let's let's be honest there are multiples out there and one of my favorites if you like the uh wow well, how can i word it the kind of more vulgar it would be the uh Uh, Last podcast on the left is one of the one of the best produced, best written shows out there. If you can if you can handle the kind of uh, language that's in there, we try to keep this a little more family friendly. um, But they do not. But they've I know they've they've taken they do a lot of shows on the road. They've went international with it. They go to the UK. They just got back from Australia not too long ago. Um, so they are, they are definitely doing things right. So if you like that kind of thing, uh, go ahead and try one of their shows out. I'm, I'm sure you have, if you've come to us, you've, pro- you've probably, ha- uh, tried the last podcast on the left, Yeah. uh, regard, uh, regardless of, uh, of whatever, uh, you may want to listen to try them out. I mean, you may like them. Um, also on the flip side of that would be like, uh, astonishing legends. I believe they're out in California. They're a little more family oriented, uh, with the same genre. So, uh. Try all of them. That's what we do. I know. I I'm I've subscribed to. I don't want to count anymore how many I've subscribed to, yeah. but uh, you know that's what happens on on a week to week basis. I know on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but a couple of them I think are on Wednesdays. Um, I just go through and and uh, have my listening schedule in. So just
0: listen to them. Check them all out.
1: Yeah. So uh, please, if you like, I said not just for our sake. I mean, for uh, for your friend's sake, who may benefit too from one of these shows, uh, show them how to use it. Be a pal. Yeah. Like I said before, uh, kind of early on, I was hoping to try to get some segment worked out, like I said, uh, one more time. I'm not sure if it's going to be another sh- like sh- like a show per week or like a mini show or just a segment at the end of each week's episode. Uh, but kind of having, like like I said, just right off the cuff would be like a 40 in corner.
0: The 40 in corner I think with I, Alex.
1: Yeah, I think I had explained it to you uh, like a Jerry Springer. Like you know the, what that reminds p- me of? What?
0: Like a picture in my head, the 40 in corner with Alex. Wasn't it... Was it Saturday Night Live? The church uh, Jack Handy. Oh, Jack Handy, yeah. Oh, what was that? I can't remember now. Not Daily Quotes or... Wh- what was it? Oh, my Not gosh. inspirational. With Jack Handy. I can't even think of what it was now. That's what it reminds Deep me of. Deep Thoughts. Deep Thoughts. With
1: Jack Handy. With
0: Jack Handy. If
1: If you have never heard of this segment of saturday night live i believe it was the was it the, the, the late 90s, 80s early 90s 90s look up deep thoughts with jack candy it's great
0: oh i just love that i've
1: grew up i grew up on that generation of saturday night live and that generation of saturday night live made me go back and and appreciate in a lot of ways more the older generations of saturday night live so if you get a chance look up some stuff i'm sure it's on youtube deep thoughts of jack candy absolutely hilarious
0: and if you uh value in today's podcast and you uh forgot where I was going with that now. Two times today. <laughs> oh my god. Two times today. Holy wow. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And uh also we are on YouTube too. I don't know if I had put that in oh, yeah, the last yeah, yeah. couple episodes, because I was having some problems with getting um the whole channel thing figured out and getting them uploaded. Yep. Which I tried to upload uh the hodeg today and it just would not let me upload it. So I don't know if YouTube is having problems today or what, but so hopefully that episode will be.
1: Yeah. um, We'll have to do that. We, I think this one, this one's probably going to come out either next week. I think we have, uh, some things, uh, other things to do, but I think this one may come out the next week, which given you a date of reference previous in the show, as in today being August 25th, we'll kind of have to see. So, We'll have to see when this one's actually going to release, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have those problems solved by then. I know uh, if uh, if da- down the road you start over our catalog. It's going to be kind of confusing for the first few episodes between what they are and then what like what they are uh, on the list that you're looking at and then what they're considered when we actually say what episode yeah, it is. Yeah, hopefully
0: I can get that because it like when it there was adds a mix them, up on it. it when yeah. it adds some it adds some weird and yeah, so hopefully we can get all that figured out.
1: Yeah, so even if one week we have to go okay, we're just calling this one episode 10, maybe we're only at episode yeah, just 7. Whatever. We're going to skip 3 episodes, 2 episodes and call this one 10 and this is where we're starting. That's what we may have Maybe to do. we just start
0: but... going with like Roman numerals or something. Episode colors. IV. Colors. Episode colors. red. Yep. Red Episode 14. magenta. Yep. Magenta.
1: That's how it goes.
0: Yeah, we'll do that.
1: We'd like to say thank you one more time for hopping on board with us this week. If you have any comments, questions, critiques, or suggestions for new topics, please send us an email at supernatural tendenciespodcast at gmail.com. We also encourage you to get over our Facebook page at Supernatural Tendencies Podcast. And go ahead and just smash that like button if you would. We are also available on Instagram, if that's more to your liking. Please pass us around to your friends as well, where they can find us on Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast platforms.
0: And remember, if you're having any type of paranormal activity or extraterrestrial contact, I offer private coaching online via Skype or Facebook Messenger to assist you with those issues. Feel free to visit me at christyjohnsonsadler.com for contact information.
1: Until next time, this has been Alex. And Christy. See you later.